last message, June 24th, scene one, take one. Hey 20 plus, so excited to be sharing with you today. I know that this time has been crazy for all of us, but I'm excited to share a message that I believe God put on my heart specifically for us as young adults in this time. And a lot of this comes from the division that I'm seeing in our country. And unfortunately, the division that I'm seeing in the church. And I've been processing this over the past several months. And obviously there's been many things that have happened that are controversial and are difficult to talk about. And I'm hoping that we can be a voice, uh, especially to young people that is gonna bring unity and not bring division. And in that, I think that a big part of division can come from our voice. And the Bible talks a lot about our voice and the power of our voice. And today I'm gonna to talk about the power of our voice when it comes to this new engine that was created many years ago, but social media. And I think sometimes in our world, we can feel like social media is just something that's a small part of our life, but more and more, it's become a massive part of our life and really become a huge part of the way culture is shifted and built in our world. And I think a lot of times we ask, okay, why is there so much division? Why is it that social media causes all of this, especially as young people? It's been a part of our life for a good while now. But I think a lot of it comes down to whenever there's controversial topics, it hits at the core of who we are. It hits our identity. And if we look at the tragedy that happened in Minneapolis dealing with the death of George Floyd and so many people are hurting and it brought up a lot of pain and a lot of hurt and a lot of things that hadn't been addressed in a while. And I think people were looking to the church for answers. And what we realized is even within the church, there's a lot of differing opinions. And I'm not here to talk about all of those opinions, but I do think that we can be a people that lifts our voice to bring unity together. And when we do have differing opinions, when we do differ when it comes to policing, when we do differ when it comes to other things that are happening in our world, but we can be a church that comes together and uses our voice to bring unity and we realize that words are powerful. We realize that what we post on social media is powerful. We realize what we comment, what we like is powerful. And the Bible has a lot to talk about words. In James 3, uh, verse 1 through 5, it says this. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know, you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Uh, the message puts it this way. It says, none of us are perfectly, none of us is perfectly qualified. We get it wrong nearly every time we open our mouth. I love it. Um, it goes on to say, anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check, which we know none of us are. When we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants it to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. And we've realized now that social media, that the words we say, that that small spark can set a fire. And if you think about what uh, the nature of a forest fire is, is generally there are conditions where the forest is dry and it's at a, a point where the tinder, a small spark, can really set the whole thing ablaze. And I believe that our country 
is in a similar place. We are dry spiritually, we are dry mentally, emotionally. Many of us have been quarantined and we're, we're dry relationally and we have so much pent up anger and anxiety and fear. And so our country is at a place where there's no true leadership, there's no one uniting voice around us. And so we're at this place where the country is dry and one small spark, as we've seen, can set our country on fire. And I believe that the, the remedy to that, the truth to that is looking at scripture and looking to the church and as believers, we can be that uniting voice. And I think uh, there's some lies around social media and just the digital world that I love to dispel today. And um, the title of my message is Don't Post That. I know there's a lot of people, we've posted things. Maybe you posted something where you regret posting it, you regret commenting, you regret saying it. But I think that we need to be cautious and careful, especially as young people, because we have this passion and we have zeal. And sometimes that passion and zeal can turn into division and disunity. And the first myth is that social media is not real. And I think for a while we felt like social media was an ancillary product or an additional product to our life and our world. And well, that's a separate thing but we've now realized that social media is very real. And I want you to think about this. Many of your friends, you will see more of their life on social media than you do in person. Actually, a majority of them, you're seeing who they are. You're maybe not hanging out with them. Maybe you see them at church or you see them at work, but who they are as a person you're seeing on social media. And it's all what they want you to see. So you're getting a depiction of somebody that isn't actually who they are, but you're seeing it on social media. It's very real. You know, we look at people, they get fired for what they post on social media on both sides of issues. If they're too far on this way or too far on the other, they can lose their job and lose what they've worked so hard for just from a simple post or even what they've liked on social media or commenting, um, people can lose a lot of things from it. And uh, I've actually heard in this time, a lot of people have sent me things. Did you see so-and-so like that? Did you see the comment? They like this post that means this. Does that mean that they believe this? It's very real. And I think it's an issue that we need to address and say, guys, social media is real. The things that we like, the things that we post, the things that we comment are very real and it represents so much of who we are. And I think we're past the point where we can say, well, yeah, it's just the followers that, you know, I'm, I'm a private account, whatever. These people are looking at you to say, what do you agree with? What are the values, especially in a time of disunity? And Matthew 12, 36 through 37, I believe this verse is speaking um, right to us. It says, but I tell you that everyone, this is Jesus talking, everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you'll be condemned. What Jesus is saying is we're accountable for what we post. We're accountable for what we say. We're accountable for what we comment. And it may feel like, well, it just was a thought that I had originally, or it just was something that I just did really quickly, or I didn't really know what all that represented, or I didn't really know how much that would offend somebody, or I didn't even know because that was just not something that has been a reality in my life. But our words matter, and people matter, and there's people on the other side of those screens that are reading what we post, and God's saying, we need to be accountable for what we say, and in a digital world with a tool that can get our words out so fast and so far, we need to focus and say, God, is this really what you want me to do? Maybe we need to take a moment and maybe we need to reflect. And in this season, I've been practicing that. Every time I write a post or write a comment, I say, I'm gonna take 60 minutes. And if in 60 minutes, I still wanna post this or still wanna comment this, I'm gonna do it. 
And you want to know what? 99.99% of the time, I don't post. I don't comment. Because I realize it came from a place of emotion, came from a place of ignorance, came from a place of, of maybe uneducated opinions about things that I don't know much about because we can be so emotional. And when somebody posts something that disagrees with you, we get so angry and I ask myself, why am I getting angry about this? When somebody maybe says something that's really insensitive or somebody says something that's not factually true, why am I getting angry about it? And I think it's because we read it through our selfish lens of who we are. You see a subtweet about somebody posting something and you immediately think it's about you. You see a post about some, these type of people do this. And if that's a group that you feel you're a part of, you feel personally attacked. When the attack was never meant to be personal, but it's because it goes back to the root of our identity and who we believe we are. And we always are looking at the world from our lens. And I challenge us to maybe take that off and say, how can I look at the world from other lens? You know, walking in somebody else's shoes and not assuming everything. And I mentioned it, but words are important. What we say is important. There are certain words in this time, and I'm gonna read off a few words that are used a lot that I think can be controversial for very understandable reasons, but we use a lot of words and they hold much weight. And I think there are times to use words that hold lots of weight. But I think also sometimes we throw around words that hold a lot of meaning and weight that the reality is that may not be the case. And you know, I look at words, people say, well, that's not what I meant. I posted that, but that's not what I meant. I've seen, had many friends that have been personally attacked for the things that they posted on both sides. You look at the words like racism and white privilege and black lives matter and all lives matter and blue lives matter and abolish the police or police reform or pro-life or pro-choice and the list goes on and on. And these words have meanings and they have deep-rooted beliefs and values of injustices in our country and people who they represent and things that are going on in our world today. And I want us to focus as people who are consuming content, but people who are posting content to say, when I use words, not just these words, but any words, I'm gonna think, what do these words mean? Not just to me, but what do they mean to the people that I'm communicating to? A question that I ask myself and I'd encourage you to ask yourself is what is my goal in using this word? What is my goal in posting? If I see somebody with a contrary belief and then I'm gonna comment the other side of things just to, to get at them or just to say, I disagree with you, is that the way that Jesus is asking us to say? He's saying, you're gonna be accountable for that. Are you trying to bring unity by saying, I wanna seek to understand your side or are you just making a stance and a bold statement that says, this is what I believe and I'm not even worried about what you believe? Psalm 73, nine, I think says it so well. And this is almost in my mind, a, an allusion to what would come in the world of social media, but it says, they have set their mouth against the heavens. We look at our world, no one's talking about unity to Jesus. They're talking about division between us and their tongue parades through the earth. Social media has allowed our tongue to parade through the earth. It's allowed us to get our thoughts and our perspectives all around the world in an instant, in a few seconds that it takes to write a post or to reply to a comment. And we're all guilty of it. But what we say matters and the words that we use matter and people are on the other side of this. And as I was reading about uh, James, uh, I was reading a commentary and a guy named William Barclay said this and this quote just stuck out to me. Um, and I'm gonna read it here for you. It says, there's nothing so impossible to kill as a rumor. There is nothing so impossible to obliterate as an idle and malignant story. Let a man or woman, before he speaks, remember that once a word is spoken, it is gone from his control. And let him think before he speaks, 
because although he cannot get it back, he will most certainly answer for it. When we think about the things that we say, not just on social media, but to people, but thinking about everywhere we say words, everywhere we make comments, everywhere we point towards people, we are accountable for what it is. Maybe before we post, before we say it, before we put ourselves out there, we say, God, is this what you want me to do? I'm gonna answer for this word. I'm gonna answer for this image. I'm gonna answer for that comment. Is that really who I am? Is that the type of person that I wanna be? And even if it's a conviction that I hold deeply, is this going to bring unity when I look around the division that's going on on social media? Another problem we have is confirmation bias, something that we've talked about a lot in the media today. Um, But on social media, we can look and we can say, you know what? I believe this, so I'm going to go out and search for this. Uh, I hate to admit this, but many of you who are in college or you've recently graduated college, you can write a paper from an opinion that you feel is your opinion, and you can find plenty of sources that agree with you. And so you're like, all right, my nine source limit, I found eight sources that agree with me, and then that ninth source disagrees completely with your whole paper, and you're like, you know what? I can't use that source because that source does not work with my opinion. That source does not work with my paper. So you dig and you dig and you find different sources that really confirm the bias of the position that you're writing. And we all are victim of it. But on social media, we may have this idea and this um, deep-rooted belief system, and we find something that agrees with us, and that's what we repost. And we say, see, look, this is injustice. See, look, this isn't. See, look, these are the facts. This is the truth. We're seeing it all over right now. And there's so much disagreement, but I think a lot of that comes with we bring our own biases to the table. The place that I grew up, the state that we're in, the place that in America even, we have a bias that we look at things through based upon the culture that we grew up in, based upon the way we've been treated. We have this bias. And so we look at it. I'm gonna post things that I agree with. But whenever somebody else posts something that I disagree with or that goes at who I am, I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna be combative and I'm gonna conflict with that. Instead of saying, you know what? Either what they posted is true and I have a lot to learn or what they posted isn't true. And I'm not gonna let that shake the core being of who I am. And I think with confirmation bias, you know, we even are victim, not just with what we repost and what we see, but in what we say. I'm gonna say this and it's quite strong, but just because you say it doesn't mean it's true. You can say something about somebody. You can say something about a thing. It doesn't mean it's true. We're in this world today with fake news and it's, well, oh, was this true? Was that not? Was that a hoax? Was this a reality? Just because it's out there doesn't make it's true. And I believe as Christians, our desire should be seeking for truth, but not seeking for truth from our lens of bias, but seeking for truth for the sake of truth. God says, I want you to handle things with grace and truth. As Christians, we have to hold on to truth, but we can't just be so focused on trying to find the truth that we believe that we miss out on the grace element of ourselves. And then the other side of that, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it's not true. Maybe you've never experienced something. Maybe you've never experienced prejudice. Maybe you've never experienced someone hurt you for something. There's people who've been abused, people who've been hurt, people who have had mean things happen to them because guess what? People are broken, people are mean. There are people who say things that they shouldn't have said. There are people who do things that they shouldn't have done that hurt people to the core of who they are. And just because you don't believe it or you haven't experienced it does not mean it's true. And that's something that I'm realizing in my life is there are things I've never experienced that I can't say aren't true just because I've never experienced them. There's other people in my life who are realizing, wow, there's things about you that I didn't know that I can learn and I can grow in. 
And a lot of times when we're wrong, we justify. And we say, I'm gonna justify my thoughts. I'm gonna justify my opinion. Well, well, based upon the way that I grew up or based upon what I knew or based upon the people that I know, this is my justification. And I believe that Jesus is saying, I don't want you to justify your opinion. I want you to apologize and ask for forgiveness. I was watching a show the other day and uh, it was so profound. It's like a TV show. It's like, of all things, I wasn't reading the Bible. I was watching a TV show. But on a TV show, he said, he was talking about blame. And he said, you need to stop blaming people. And I believe this comes from scripture. He said, you need to stop blaming people because blame has no end. When you blame, you continue to blame, you continue to blame, and you continue to blame. And he responded and he said, well, what should I do then? And he said, forgive. Forgiveness is the only way that you can have your hurt and your pain come to an end. And it doesn't mean the, the scars aren't there. It doesn't mean that the hurt you know, isn't a memory. But when you hold on to blame, when you hold on to bitterness, we've all seen people who can't forgive that family member, who can't forgive that person, who can't forgive somebody that hurt them. And there's blame and bitterness and hurt that they just hold so tightly to. And what God's saying to us is, you need to let it go. You need to forgive. You need to move past that blame because blame has no end, but forgiveness does. Forgiveness brings freedom and freedom brings an opportunity at reconciliation. And that's what Jesus wants from us. And I think the last thing that we sometimes miss is there are real people behind those screens. There are real people behind those accounts. There are real people behind those comments. And there's real pain and real hurt that is happening. And sometimes we can look at our followers or we can look at the like count or how many views our video got. And we look at those numbers and we pat ourselves on the back and we think how great it is and how cool it is. But when you think about the individual, and I challenge you, all of you, maybe tonight on your social media accounts, maybe it's your Instagram following list or your Facebook friends list to look through and to think about maybe the things that you've posted over this past season and start scrolling through your list of people that follow you. People that have said, I wanna hear what you have to say as a believer. And maybe you're watching this and you're not a Christian. I'd encourage you to still do the same. Scrolling through and saying, what, what maybe would they think if they saw that? Maybe you're scrolling through and you see somebody and you say, wow, that was an insensitive thing for me to say, knowing that there's so many friends of mine that are people of color that, that follow me. And that was so insensitive of me. Or you, you scroll by and you see somebody who's a friend from high school who is a police officer. And you say, wow, I, I said that about somebody and I, I, I didn't realize that they saw that. I say that because I'm a victim of it myself and I scroll through and I say, I would never say that to that person. I would never say that to that friend that I love so much. I would never say that because I know who they are and I know their story and I know how good of a person they are. But so many times we get caught up in this idea of groupthink and, and I'm gonna go after this person. I'm gonna go after these people and I'm gonna do it because that's who I am. But then when we look and we realize that these are people and not just people who are out there, but people that we love, people that we say we care about and people who care a lot about us. And I believe that Jesus doesn't want us to hurt people. I believe Jesus doesn't want us to focus on so much on the things that we hold, but say, God, I wanna influence the people who have said, I wanna hear what you have to say. And knowing that many people we don't interact with on a daily basis in person, but their only interaction with us is through this 
gift and nightmare we call social media. God, use me. Use me as a voice to bring unity and hope. God, when I'm emotional, help me to wait. When I'm angry, help me to go to friends. Help me to process before I go out there and put my post that goes out as my official statement for the world. Before I like something, think about the people who I represent and I lead. God, use me to help bring unity and not further division. And I think the real reason that I feel we're in this mess is that I feel we're so focused on being right and we're not focused enough on pointing people to the only thing we know to be right, and that's Jesus. You know, Jesus um, died for us. He rose again for us. He took everything for us. But I think when we point out what's wrong in others, it's, it's easy for us to forget what's wrong about ourselves. And there's so many verses in the Bible that talk about this, but there's one that I've known since I was a young kid, but Romans 3.23, which is all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us. I think the, the complexity of racial issues and the complexity of police reform and the complexity of all the things that are going on in our world are so evident by the division. But the gospel is so simple. Two things that Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. I want us, especially as young people, especially as believers, to say, I wanna look towards unity. God, I'm gonna realize how broken I am. I'm gonna realize that I'm no better than somebody else who I follow. I'm gonna realize I'm no better than somebody else who I disagree with. I'm gonna realize that I have so many things in my life that I've learned through the culture I grew up in or through the biases that I've held or through the, the lens that I even read scripture at. God, help me to realize that I am all. I have fallen short. I have sinned. I am sorry. And I need forgiveness just as much, if not more than the rest of them. On the cross, when Jesus died, he had two people. And he had one who said, if you're the king of the Jews, why don't you bring yourself down from this cross? And another who realized and he said, no. I'm up here for my sins. You didn't sin. I'm gonna take responsibility for what I've done, responsibility for who I am, and say, God, I have fallen short. But instead of blaming other people, instead of blaming the media, blaming social media, blaming your past experiences, what we can do is look forward and say, I'm gonna fix my eyes on Jesus. I'm gonna ask for forgiveness. I'm gonna take a breath and take a moment to understand, God, who is it you're calling me to be? Because even though I've fallen short, I can look up in victory. And we believe that God's gonna turn this division and this disunity, and he's gonna use us who are gonna lift our voices, point them to Jesus, point them to the perfect place and say, God, use me to make an impact in our world and to bring unity when there is no unity. Let's pray. Jesus, I pray right now for every single one of us who are watching this. Maybe it's later on, maybe it's right in the midst of this season, God, but I pray that you'd use us, that we would be a people who are united. We would use our voice this tool of social media, God, that, that you've given us to expand the, the words of you farther than they've ever gone before, the technology that we have to spread this out 
so far in this world to reach people who've never been reached, God, but it's also a tool that can be used for evil, God. And I pray that we would not be using it for evil. I pray we would understand the influence you've given us and the power and the responsibility that comes with this, God. But we would use this for unity. We'd use this to build trust. We'd use this to build dialogue and conversations. We would lift up other people when we see people causing this disunity. We'd go and and talk to them as friends and say, let's be a part of the solution and not a part of the problem because there's enough division and there's enough disunity. God, I pray you'd use us to be a people that can be your body, to be your light, the salt and light on this earth. And the people will look towards the church. They'd look towards our church. They'd look towards our young people and say, those are people who are promoting unity. And it's a unity that can only come from understanding who you are in our life. And God, we hold on to that truth. And you're the rock. You're the unity that we need in this situation. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Take. Uh, nice. nice.